Welcome to Green Mountain Disability Stories, a series of conversations by, with, and for Vermonters with disabilities. We're talking about disability in Vermont, the Green Mountain State. In this episode, Ming M. Canaday is a world traveler, podcaster, life coach, and entrepreneur. In this episode, we asked Ming about how her experience of living with a disability has informed how she approaches all those activities and how, exactly, her new app aims to help people with disabilities have better access to gas stations the world over. Let's listen. very much for joining me this afternoon to talk about some of your amazing projects. Would you mind introducing yourself and telling us a little bit about who you are, where you're from, and what your relationship with disability is like? Yeah, of course. Uh, Like I said, thank you so much for having me on the podcast show, Audrey. I am the founder of Trips and Global on Wheels. Um, We are a disability advocacy and tech company. Um, so the overall mission, this three pillars is general disability advocacy, adaptive fitness and accessible travel, um, advocating for those things. So a little bit about me personally, I grew up in China up until age 11 and a half, and then I was adopted, uh, to the U S around that time. And I've been living here ever since in the U S, um, I was in, um, at the time, a family in Oregon adopted me, so I um, have been in Oregon for much of my life. So in regards to my relationship with disability, I have polio and scoliosis. And um, and be, perhaps because of these disabilities, I was um, abandoned at a young age and lived in an orphanage for um, a lot of my life, about six or seven years and prior to being adopted. And um, I will obviously will never know the reasons, but I'm sure the disability has some sort of um, it. When I look at the all of the projects that you have either under your belt or in progress or just planned, it is jaw dropping. So let's kind of go through a few of those traipsing global on wheels focuses primarily on global travel and disability advocacy how have your experiences as a traveler impacted the direction of that project yeah great question i think it's definitely uh impacted the projects in major ways um i'll go a little broad in general and feel free to follow up um, so I think the projects are definitely much more global in terms of our out- outreach programs. I've done a number of collaborations with the U.S. Uh, State Department in Malawi, uh, a country in Africa, Singapore, in Southeast Asia, and China. And um, it's also reflected on our podcast show where we have guests from all over the world. We have um we have all six continents covered. You know, if Antarctica was populated, we would invite guests from there too. Um, so 
also because of of you know of the extensive experience I've had with traveling, much of our resources, whether it be services or products, not so much, but much of our services information are virtual online, um, such as you know videos on our YouTube channel, podcast interviews, blog posts, coaching programs, they're all online. So that means that it's accessible by everybody, uh, regardless of where they are in the world. Um, and I hope um, because of my extensive background with traveling, um, we, our projects and are much more inclusive and welcoming of diverse groups. You know, I'm sure you've noticed that a lot of diversity initiatives do not include people with disabilities. Um, it's not included, even the coaching book that I got recently, um, people with disabilities is not really included in their definition of diversity. And so just being much more mindful of that and getting the message out there, pushing it out there, be like, hey, we are the one billion that should be included in those diversity initiatives. Well, and uh, so I think I think those are the major um, broader impacts. Your your podcast, uh, it has so many episodes already. Um, did it originally did crepes on global on wheels originally start out thinking that you it would be a podcast or did it, it just kind of organically evolve and you found your way to podcast um it it, it was pretty planned out in terms of the mission from the beginning um but the podcast was was certainly in the uh was the intention one of the um uh uh, resources, <laughs> couldn't find the word there, we plan to offer from, from the beginning. So that was very intentional because, um, you know, me as a person with a mobility dis disability, I use a manual wheelchair to get around. And so, and like many other uh, people with disabilities, I don't really see a lot of um, people with backgrounds that are similar to mine. And I wanted to change that for little girls and boys and, you know, adults uh, like myself uh, who wanted to see people leading um, lives from our vantage point, whether it's a mobility disability like me or some sort of, you know, auditory disability or any number of, I wanted to, um, for our purposes for trips and global on wheels obviously the main focus is people with mobility disabilities right um because that's what i have the most experience in in terms of personal experience and professional experience and so that's the focus of this platform and um but just overall this podcast serves um serves a, a number of purposes it was certainly in 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 the blueprint of Trips and Global on Wheels to release a podcast show. I've noticed that Trips and Global on Wheels also encompasses fitness and health. Um, how do you see the relationship between those and the accessibility of travel? Yeah, um, I think there are definitely a lot of links there. So I'll just cover a little bit from my narrow focus. Um, so I think in order to travel, you know, extensively or even just a little bit um, you need to be relatively 
healthy and fit and feeling good um, and feeling active. And so that's where fitness comes in. If you really wanna link the two uh, of fitness and travel, I haven't really quite thought of it that way, but um, I think in terms of the relationship between accessibility and global travel, um, one thing about the, the mobility disability population, at least, we lead relatively sedentary lifestyles. And that has a lot of, um, you know, negative ramifications on the health front. And so that's where fitness is very important outside of, outside of, because I, in my head, um, our organization is called, our company is called Trips and Global on Wheels. So, so for me, I'm always thinking about international travel, but you can think on a smaller scale of tra traveling outside your house, driving to the grocery store, uh, traveling to the next town over. You know, you have to have the energy and have the fitness level. And I don't know about many of you, um, you know, your listeners listening. Um, for me, getting in a car is actually quite, um, it's not a, not a super easy process for, like for a lot of, um walking ambulatory people um i have to get in the car and then load my wheelchair into the car and that process because i don't have a ramp um for my car so i have to lift it up that's you know even even with the lightest wheelchair i've had it um in recent years it's still quite heavy it's still 20 pounds 20 30 pounds and in order to lift that much you know you have to be at a certain fitness level um, I think a lot of may, perhaps veering a little off topic here. I think fitness for people with disabilities is even more important, excuse me, than for able-bodied people. And so um, in many ways, just because of, and just talking from, of course, from a mobility disability phone, remember that, you know, as you, as you're listening to me, my perspective is from someone who has a mobility disability. And so, especially for people with mobility disabilities, you know, we need to use our arms to lift, to carry a lot of different things. Um, you know, it has to make up for, um, for those, for wheelchair users anyways. I know there are, even within the mobility disabilities, there are different types of um, disabilities within, within that group as well. So for wheelchair users, we have to basically do a lot of things that our legs are not able to do. And so, and so that tells you how important fitness is. Um, but just go on a couple of tangents here. I think more gyms need to be accessible regardless if it's people with mobility disability or some other type of disability. Um, there are many different types out there. Um, I have had friends, acquaintances, even myself, going to gyms and noticing how inaccessible it is. Um, mainstream gym, gyms. And I know during this whole COVID period over the last couple of years, online um, platforms, you know, online fitness resources have become really popular with Pel regardless if it's Peloton or some other um, co company. Um, they don't really have fitness training programs accommodating people with disabilities, um, at least not from my standpoint as a person who is an active, uh, you know, wheelchair user, active um, 
person who has a mobility disability, uh, there are not very many online fitness resources for us. And so I would encourage uh, more accommodation and resources on that front. Anyways, that's going on a bit of a tangent. So I'll let you continue, Audrey. I I think it's a really timely tangent, though, because uh, I'm aware that right now there is a fairly high profile um, case that's being talked about on Twitter where there's a user with um, sight related vision disabilities who tried to sign up for her local gym and requested specific accommodations for her service animal and the gym shut her down entirely they just weren't willing to have any type of conversation about that and i think it's 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 really a timely topic to talk about how gyms are inaccessible sometimes along so many different axes mm -hmm. right there's so many different ways that they fail mm -hmm. yeah exactly um it is definitely more can be done I'm, I'm i'm not even quite sure if i know there there are from my point of view anyways very weak attempts made but those even those instances are few and far between and you talked a little bit about um some of the uh the programming packages that go along with with things like peloton um and you know the prepackaged fitness um apps and i'm aware that trips and global on wheels is itself coming out with its own app, which I believe is called Fuel Access. Can you tell us a little bit about what that app will be like and what, what kind of services it will provide? Yeah, I would love to. So it hasn't come out yet, it's still in the development phase and taking a bit longer than we expected, but um, better to release something good quality and useful than uh, rushing the timeline. So it's a community-based uh, app, um, community-based review app that, um, you know, reviews gas stations specifically on their accessibility features for adaptive drivers. So drivers with disabilities, regardless of what kind of disability you have. Um, so, so the more people that use this app, the better once it's released, um, just because it is a community-based review app um, where, you know, you drive to a gas station and then you look it up on our app and you rate it and you tell and give us a little bit of feedback on what you thought of in terms of accessibility features in terms of the kinds of customer service you were offered um in terms of just anything you would like to add that made your experience um amazing or horrible or anything in between so that you can inform so that when other people would just app and they need to fill their car up you know with gas they can be like oh you know 30 people rated this gas station near my house and said it's really accessible i think i'm gonna go to this one compared to this other one that has no ratings at all or has really bad ratings and so it's very informative on on that front so it's kind of like yelp except for gas stations 
I really, I think that's such a smart idea for an app that there are, there are so many different um, landscapes of accessibility around gas stations. It's such a universal need right now. And uh, this idea of crowdsourcing uh, a layer of information to kind of lay across the landscape, I think could be such a powerful key to unlocking more experiences for people. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it is. During COVID, as we mentioned over the last couple of years where people are like inside more and for those of us who drive and, you know, it would it would be extremely helpful to know the accessible gas stations out there. And I think this kind of model could be followed in all sorts of ways, right? Not just in the, um, not just concerning gas stations, but I think, I think this one is a good start though. I will not be surprised at all if we check in with you next year and it turns out that Crepes and Global on Wheels has developed a second app that is the exact same crowdsourcing model, but rating gyms to it just kind of expand that that idea. It's just so clever. That would be amazing. Thank you, Audrey. I appreciate that vote of confidence. And on top of all of this, you are a published author. Uh, you have a children's book called The Dreams of Little Miss Eva. What is this book about and what is your vision with this book? So it's um, basically helping people, helping small children um, getting exposed to disabilities early on in life. Um, but this book particularly addresses people with mobility disabilities, children with mobility disabilities and their dreams and how, you know, just because they have a mobility disability and use a wheelchair that does not in any way, shape or form um, make them less than or unable to reach their dream, whether it be their career dreams or any other types of dreams that they may have. Um, and so it goes through all the different uh, career paths, um, things that they can do when they grow up um, from a little girl's point of view, a little girl who uses a wheelchair. And so I'm sure many people with disabilities, especially those with mobility disabilities, because it's so, it, you know, it's pretty obvious, you know, for me, I, I use a manual wheelchair. So when people first meet me, they'll notice my disability right away. It's quite obvious, as I said earlier. And so children particularly make all sorts of inappropriate comments. Um, you know, like I'm sure a lot of you have heard, mommy, what's wrong with her? Daddy, why is she in a wheelchair? Um, and you know, it affects some people more than others. I, I have some friends who, you know, it just doesn't bother them at all. And then others, you know, you just, you hear for that thousand and one time and just like, it just, it's grating. And so, minimizing that stigma and prejudice and you know having children be more aware and not just children right because um if children are, are exposed and, and the adults explain the diversity the full diversity in, that includes disability then children will react in a in a more um sensitive compassionate and kind way when they see someone that's different than them whether that be someone in a wheelchair or using a crutch or hearing aids or whatnot. Um, so it has it has multiple different functions, but um, I would say some of them include that showing that people with mobility disabilities can do anything in life. Um, 
It, the second thing I would say is to decrease the inappropriate comments may particularly in this case, since it's a children's book by children, by exposing them um, to disabilities at an early age. Um, you know, overall to reduce um, stigma, prejudice, um, particularly from the point of view of, you know, early childhood development through the kind of resources, the literature they're exposed to. Um, you know, and for those of us with these, I know when I was a little girl, I would have loved to see a book like this um, portraying, you know, people with disabilities in these picture books, um, in these children's books. Um, that would have been such an empowering experience. Little Miss Eva, from the, the very first page, she's such an active protagonist. You know, she she doesn't wait for, for she doesn't wait for anyone to wheel her about. The first page is her wheeling herself off away from her mom. Is she drawn from anyone in your life? Or did you did you just kind of sketch her out of thin air or whole cloth? I don't really want it to be based on any particular person, but I, I do have to say is a lot of it came from personal inspiration um my my own background um the dreams of little miss ava um the illustrator um is a really good friend of mine and so i i didn't intend for this but when she illustrated the book um because she knew me so well and we grew up together she she drew it to look very much like me um and that that i think it's um, so that pink shirt that you see, it's actually a shirt that I, I wore all the time when I was younger. And so, but I don't want it to be narrowly just about me. And so it's, I hope that a lot of people uh, who are wheelchair users, especially little girls, um, can see themselves um, in that character. You are such a multifaceted entrepreneur and you have so many projects that you are, are um, juggling and pushing forward. What so far for you has been the most challenging aspect of all of these projects? Well, um, perhaps it's unexpected, but I think, um, you know, for a lot of, for some multifaceted entrepreneurs going in all of these different directions may be very exciting and, and, um, stimulating but I, what i've learned over time is that it's important to find which single project are you most passionate towards and tackle that one first it doesn't mean you can only tackle that one but priority only give priority to one or two projects at a time and not all of them at the same time because you can get burnt out easily and also you'll lose direction um of course, there are some some positives in that there's there's always something to do. There's never, you know, a moment where you're just like, oh, what should I do? And this, you're always busy. Um, but I would recommend that, from my personal experience, anyways, narrowing down the focus really helps. Um, and of course, for those of you who like to juggle, you know, a bajillion things at once and and find that very thrilling by all means but i think um in order to push a project far in a way that doesn't sacrifice quality um it's better to do one or two at a time 
speaking of one or two at a, one or two at a time and focusing on one project, you have a brand new project coming out. Uh, you are about to launch a life coaching service where your main niche is people with mobility disabilities. Could you tell us a little bit about this service and what problems you're trying to resolve with the service? Yeah, of course. I think a lot of um, people with mobility disabilities, which will be, you know, as in the nature of the question you just asked, um, is will be the main niche. Um, people with mobility disabilities who, you know, have are relatively content with their life, but would like to move further um, and would like to, you know, be doing more um, uh, with their, you know, in terms of maximizing their full human potential and serving as many people as they can. Um, it's, it's, for, it's for that group of people. And, you know, a lot of us active, um, ambitious, um, individuals with mobility disabilities, uh, we face a lot of uh, things that are not talked about um, a lot in the mainstream anyways. Um, and depending on how big your circle is, how many, um, you know, kinds of people with mobility disabilities, if you have a lot of uh, friends who are wheelchair users, perhaps you're more exposed to it, but I know some of the big issues that we, um, perhaps not big, big and not the right word, but common issues we face as a group is, you know, infrastructure and accessibility. Um, you know, I know I encounter this all the time as well as, you know, other wheelchair users, users that I'm exposed to in my circle. Um, that's always a challenge, regardless if you're getting in the car or going into a restaurant or going to the store or attending family and the holidays are coming up and you're going to, um, traveling to family. Um, and, uh, you know, I know that this particular, um, house family members I'm traveling to, you know, their house is not very accessible at all. Um, um, and, uh, you know, I have to drag my wheelchair up and down. And these things are not uncommon, you know. Um, one of the options that was proposed to me was um, staying at a, a hotel. And, you know, but the thing is the rest of your family is at this house. And so with you being at a hotel by yourself, you know, that's not a great feeling either. And I know that people with mobility disabilities face a lot more serious consequences of these um, infrastructural issues than I am even explaining right now. And so, and so um, this coaching is, per, is for people who are encountering this, these types of issues, attitudinal challenges, you know, when people first meet you, especially, you know, speaking personally from my point of view, as a person who uses a, a a manual wheelchair, you know, people can tell right away that I have, and so they see you with this certain light. Not everybody, obviously, but a lot of people do. They see you with this like pity. Um, random strangers, I know my friends have brought this up to me, come up to you and say inappropriate things, you know, God has a plan for you, et cetera, et cetera. Things are much more inappropriate than that, even. Um, 
people who are being patronizing or overly comfortable um, around you, even though you barely know them or don't know them and like putting their arm or whatever um, on your wheelchair and other parts of your personal space that is not welcomed. And so, um, so this is the niche that I am trying to reach to help um, talk through these issues and talk and how to go about um, confronting them and moving forward um, to reach their uh, full potential in serving as well as they, they can um, to their community, to this planet overall. Attitudinal challenges is such a great way to kind of encapsulate all of those problems that, that folks with disabilities sometimes encounter just coming from other people. It's such a huge and under talked about component of accessibility. Um, one of the things that I'm wondering is um, how, how can your coaching service, can your coaching service help uh, people without disabilities as well? Are they, are they part of the equation that can be addressed here? Yes, definitely, especially, you know, allies, allies of people with disabilities, but, um, you know, it should, should it become, this goes with, with uh, um, coaching for people with mobility disabilities, the main niche as well, but, um, you know, if after a consultation strategy call, and, you know, we've talked through some of the things that you're looking to, um, some of the problems that you're looking to work through and it seems like a good fit and like uh, I would be someone who is in a good position to partner with you on resolving these issues then of course um, and like I said we're just launching the program and so as any um, early projects businesses go um, we do welcome I'm trying to I'm, I'm trying to phrase this not in a way that um, seems like that it's open to everyone because it's it's not. But definitely feel free to still apply and inquire and do a free consultation strategy call um, and see if that's a good fit. Okay, that sounds like really good advice for kind of finding finding a niche that works both for your coaching service and also for people who are looking for very specific support with improving in, in access of various places in their life. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't want to keep you very much longer, but I have two more questions, if that's okay. Yeah, of course. So question number one is, what so far has been the most satisfying aspect of all of these projects? Um, so I think the podcast interviews have definitely been very satisfying talking to people from all over the world, from Australia to South America to countries in Europe, um, amazing advocates here in the United States. And all of these interviews are free online. Um, and many of them are with people who have mobility disabilities and other types of disabilities. So if those of you who want to go and check it out, um, they're free on all the platforms, Spotify, Anchor, um, SoundCloud. So I encourage you all to go check it out. 
outstanding. And we will put links to the podcast and to your YouTube channel and the Traipsin Global on Wheels homepage uh, in the transcript for this podcast. Last question. Is there any question I have not asked you that you wish I would ask you? Um, I think I think you've done a great job, Audrey. We've we've covered a number of different things, and uh, thank you so much. Thank you for being so generous with your time. You are so busy and productive, and I really appreciate the the chance to sit and and hear about uh, your journey and about all of the the different projects you have going on. And I wish you so much success with all of your new endeavors. Thank you. Thank you, Audrey. You've been listening to Green Mountain Disability Stories, a series of conversations by, with, and for Vermonters with disabilities. We've been talking and listening to experiences with disability in Vermont, the Green Mountain State. The music for our show is by Soul June, an audio library release. This show is a production of the Center on Disability and Community Inclusion at the University of Vermont. You can find out more about the center by visiting go.uvm.edu slash cdci. Thanks for listening.